Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe. I'm a sales and marketing coach and strategist for health coaches, life coaches, and wellness professionals who want to become a leader in their field by building their online community, rocking their sales process, and finally feeling confident about how they promote themselves and their marketing. On this show, we talk about tips to grow your business, save yourself time, and finally be able to create a sustainable, profitable business. Let's get into it. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Zero to Hero Coach Program. This is my four-month program teaching coaches and online service providers how to grow your online business, book clients consistently, overcome your sales fears, and finally rock your social media visibility. If you struggle to create a sustainable coaching business, this program is for you. Check out HaleyRowe.com and book your free strategy call with my team or myself today. Thank you. Hey there. Today I am here with Omar Cumberbatch, and we are going to be talking about how he grew his brand and his podcast. And he happens to um, talk with a lot of health coaches, a lot of people in the wellness industry. So this is perfect for the Health Coach Nation podcast, where we talk to life coaches, health coaches, mindset coaches, that kind of thing. And Omar, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your podcast, and then we'll get into today's show. Sure. Thanks for having me. It's really a pleasure. Um, I have uh, actually two podcasts. So I'm a real big fan of just the podcast space and just the ability that you can get your, your message out and really connect with the audiences that you really want to get in front of. So it was definitely a great marketing tool for me. I became a health coach because I had my own fitness journey. I was one of those people who I go to the gym every day. I do everything that was told to me basically by like mainstream media, mainstream magazines and whatnot. And I was not getting the results for the type of work that I was putting in. I mean, I would be in the gym, say an hour and a half a day, lifting weights, running, and I just should have gotten way better results. It just wasn't working. And the truth is that I'm a stubborn person and I just kept consistently just beating it into the ground and just saying, okay, you know what, maybe I have to be in there two hours. Maybe I have to run instead of three miles, I have to do four miles. So I just had that work ethic to just figure out eventually just bust through a plateau. And then I stumbled across upon a YouTube video with who eventually became my mentor and basically my hero, a guy named Sean Crocker, who used to do underground wellness about seven or eight years ago. Um, he basically had like this YouTube video about sugar and it really fascinated me. And again, I did so many things just to, to get to where I wanted to be uh, physically and mentally that it wasn't working. I said, you know what, well, let me try this. Um, long story short, uh, it, it worked tremendously, but just eliminated sugar out of my diet. I became so fascinated by the fact that one change it's small, but difficult. I mean, everybody knows the, you know, in your audience, the detriments of sugar has such a profound effect. So that just gave me like this passion and go out there and say, hey, you know what, if I can do this one thing, let me learn about more. And then I kind of stumbled upon IIN, which is the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I signed up and that's how I became a health coach. And I kind of mirrored what Sean was doing. It was something that like he had a podcast, he, he was able to monetize it, become very successful and well-known in his space. And I just said, that's what I want to do. And I just, it's been 
grinding in that direction ever since. And I've been doing my podcasting for like six years now. Wow. I love that. That's awesome. So you've had a podcast now for six years, which is a huge accomplishment and requires a lot of consistency. So tell us a little bit, you know, clearly you had a mentor who changed your life and you got to see some positive results and you wanted to share that on a podcast. But it's not as simple as just saying, all right, I'm going to share my experience and here we go. So what were some of the first steps you took when it comes to picking your podcast title, picking who it's for, like developing the messaging and, and the plan for that? Well, um, <laughs> I wish I could say it was a linear path because it totally wasn't. I had to do a number of reboots, I, a number of failures. I am like, I guess the epitome of that formula suck, suck, success kind of thing because I had just no kind of idea until I got a little bit of a little bit of help. Like I said, I eventually needed a mentor in Sean to kind of get me into that space where I kind of came down and really niched down to the point where I really understood what was going on. So my initial title for my thing, I thought it was was great. It was called the Wellness Ultimatum. So I thought people were just going to listen to it because of the title. I thought I was going to get this uh, specific target market of men. And it just never panned out that way. I did get a lot of downloads, but I kind of was all over the place because the way that I looked at wellness at the time, and I still do, I don't want to discredit my, my idea of what wellness is. I thought wellness had to apply to everything. You know, so I think you just need to be financially well, mentally well, physically well, spiritually well. And I was taking components of all those things and putting them into a show. So I would get traction, but I would never get a, a true following. And the reason it was because I, I was all over the place. So people tend to look for specific things. And if they expect you to keep presenting those things, they'll stick with you knowing what you're going to get. Just like on this show, you're audience knows what they're going to get. You know, they're going to get a lot of advice on how to succeed in the wellness space as far as the business owner is going and mindset and stuff that will move them in that direction. So you'll never let them down as far as that goes, because that's what you present. So at that time, I just didn't have that understanding. And it wasn't until I got some mentorship where a person would say, yeah, what if, you know, you have all these broad topic, topics from dating to really um, to, to physical fitness. It's like, what if match.com or, and this was at the time match was that thing, <laughs> you know, I'm sure it's, it's changed a, a to whole lot. It's like, what if they heard you and wanted to be a sponsor for you? And they said, wow, this, this is a really great show. I want this person to, to present our product. And then the next show you hear something that has to do with uh, weightlifting they're going to take a pause and say, I'm not going to really mess with you because that's, I thought you were about this and this is where my audience lies. So it was one of those things where at that point I had to kind of figure out, okay, where do I want to go with this? And the truth is health coach Academy, which is the name of my podcast really started uh, out of two, two reasons. One was definitely a selfish reason because I needed some guidance on the business end of entrepreneurship in the wellness space. So I wanted to pick people's brains who have succeeded in that space, like yourself. And, you know, at the time it was Sean Croxton and Lee Davis. These guys were guys on my show who were really telling me the business component that I needed. 
But I also knew that that was a, a big audience of wellness entrepreneurs who had difficulty getting off the ground. So that's how I kind of came back and put it all into a, a definitely more of a niche down market. And then again, I had the consistency of just throwing it out there every week. And that was basically how it just eventually caused traction. And that was how I basically do most of my marketing for my business now. Nice, nice. So I a lot of little things I wanted to point out in what you just mentioned. So the first thing is, it really does depend on what are your reasons and goals for starting a podcast. Because if your goal was just to make this a fun hobby and pick people's brains and that alone was was it, then, you know, it, you could technically have a podcast that covers weightlifting in one episode and, and another thing in another episode and you're just having fun with it. But if your goal is to either, number one, monetize it through affiliate marketing, number two, monetize it through sponsorships, number three, market a program or product through the, of your own through your podcast um, or number four, build like a tribe or community with a common theme or interest, then you do want to get more specific. And so I like how you uh, turned something that you were facing as an obstacle and uh, it, into an opportunity. And I did the same thing with my podcasts. I really wanted to get to know more people in my industry. I wanted to get to have an excuse to talk to them. And starting a podcast was really useful for that. And for me, my goal is not necessarily, oh, I want to get sponsorships or whatever, but I do want it to bring awareness to my community health coach nation on Facebook and my coaching and my marketing services and that kind of thing. So um, it's been a great, a great avenue for providing value and getting known in my niche or industry. And um, so that's my kind of summary of, of why I started a podcast. So I'd love to hear a little bit about um, when you started to build up the episodes, how, what were some of the steps you had to take to um, be able to monet, like, do you monetize your podcast? And, and how, how long did that take? Like, tell us a little bit about what you need to think about if that's your goal. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think you hit it on the head right away where it's like, you know, you do have to figure out if that is your purpose and that's what you want to do. So if you are intending on doing that, again, like the, putting yourself in in that mind frame to say, OK, these are the kind of people who I really want to target. So in other words, affiliate marketing is my main way of getting revenue through the podcast. And that means that the guests who I present on the show have something to offer that they can give me an affiliate commission if, if any of my people do sign up with them. So it could be something like if you if this, the, the guest has a course, the guest has a supplement that they do or, or anything that they're really selling that you get a, a percentage of anything that you actually sell, which is very good. But again, like unless that person is a fit and is going to be presented in front of the proper audience there, it's not going to be a fit for either one. So um, obviously, the more listeners and downloads that you get, the more opportunities it is to um, make a, a, a decent amount off the people who you're, you end up influencing to buy a product of one of your guests. Um, but it also has to be in alignment with your community. So again, like in that example of Match.com, Match.com has some kind of affiliate program. I was talking about the, the New York Knicks 
it's not gonna kind of work. So it, it took a little time to get that off the ground, but it, it doesn't really need to be something that's you have a bazillion uh, downloads or anything like that. As long as you have a good um, amount of followers and a tribe that really benefits from you know the recognition that you've been presenting them with the value that you give on every podcast, it's, it doesn't really have to be that bad. And again, when you do get into some of the higher ticket items as far as like affiliates and you know sometimes the return on that commission is really significant and it's then it's just really about a numbers game so even if you had a thousand downloads a month and or or like thousand people who actually listen to per episode i should say um even if you're doing a couple of five percent of that you know you're pretty much doing very well on a, a program if it's if you're getting a commission of say five hundred dollars per sale so it's definitely an avenue that you would be able to take advantage of love that yes and i think one thing i want to point out is that people are going to say well you know joe rogan or um the goop podcast if there even is a goop podcast those are really broad and they talk about all different topics and they talk to all different people but i think people have to remember that that's fine it's just a harder route you have to have huge numbers and it's a numbers game for your sponsors or for people to really be like, yeah, this is a great uh, thing to for us to pay this person to be a sponsor or something like that. So if you want the easy route, niche down. And if you want to stand out, niche down. If you want to compete with Joe Rogan and Oprah and you know all those people with probably millions and millions of downloads, okay, but that's going to be a little trickier. And it's not to say also that you can't expand as you grow. Uh, because, for example, I probably the first year and a half of my podcast just had, you know, health coaches, people like that. And now I'm meeting more life coaches and other types of coaches who I work with and who listen to my podcast. So um, one of the other things I wanted to ask you is when you say, yeah, you have to start to, you know, get the numbers up because the conversions for affiliate products is going to be about a numbers game. How do you track? Um, if, if you have any ideas, how do you track how many downloads? Because podcasts, the tricky thing about it is you can never really know who is listening and see their faces and talk to them directly. So I've always had this like, you know, I, I use, um, I think a site called Chartable or something like that to look at my downloads, but it's so tricky because I, I want to know and, um, and I'd love to hear how you track your, your downloads and listeners. Sure. So um, I use one of the podcast distribution uh, um, companies called Lipson, and Lipson is the host of my podcast. So what happens is when I upload something to Lipson, it distributes it through to iTunes, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all that. So in the body of that, there's a place where you can check your statistics. And to your point, I'm actually pretty surprised that they, they don't get real specific about demographics. They'll tell you who's listening to as far as what countries you're and in your actual hardcore statistics of downloads. But it, I would figure that in this day and age, it could probably be a lot bit, uh, of more um, capable of tracking it down to like what the demographic of the person, male, female, and it doesn't do that. So it, it is really on lips and in their back end pages that I'm able to check the statistics. I, I also subscribe to Chartable, but it doesn't, it just kind of shows where you are ranking as opposed to how many 
people you're actually getting to download. So that's the way I do it. I don't think it's necessarily service provider. I think a lot of them are, in, especially if you hire one of those kinds of services to, for distribution, they do provide that. So that's how I get my statistics. Yes, and I should add, I do use Anchor for mine. Um, and Anchor does say the downloads, but it, you know, it is just, um, it's interesting because I think that I wish I could just know more <laughs> about the listeners, right? Yeah. Um, but tell me a little bit about how did you build up your downloads when you're a new podcaster and you know, where does somebody start when they're really starting from ground zero? I think that the, I was uh, definitely fortunate for the fact that I, I was able to because again, I had to reboot. So what happened is over the course of time, you do have some guests that, and that's one of the other benefits of having a podcast is that you do have a lot of off the air conversations with your guests that you know, obviously we've had conversations off there. So we do have like a little bit of a connection. So when I rebooted, I was able to get a couple of the guests who were actually really big from my previous show to kind of come on and help me re re relaunch. And it really is was one of the things that you do want a, a guest who um, actually helps promote your show, which is just as simple as just shooting it to their email list or to their social media handles and stuff like that, it's just so that you can kind of be relevant in that their world and you kind of steal a couple of their their people or a, a part of their tribe. So I definitely was able to do that, and and I always try to get them to do their best or I said an unofficial promise to to promote you know just and again we're not saying that you're gonna have to do a Facebook ad for my show and I just please share it with your people and just like just kind of reiterate that I also always ask for like a weight rating and or review on iTunes so that my ratings do increase so that people see that I've had some traction and I have a nice amount of ratings and reviews and people kind of go through that and they, they do that as well. I, and I think what happens is too, after time, um, where people who are in this space, they start seeing your associations with people and then they kind of say, oh, well, you know, if Omar's on Haley's show or Haley's on Omar's show, they must, you know, he, they must be somebody, <laughs> you know? So I, you kind of uh, steal some of their uh, authorship and that that's helped me gain credibility over the time over time and was able to help me gain listeners along the way. So that's really like the, definitely the most organic way to do it. You obviously can pay for any amount of uh, you know uh, ads or anything that you want, I, but that's really like the biggest organic way that I would do. And guess, you know, just being on other people's podcasts as well and just introducing myself to a new audience. It's also been the, the most inexpensive way to, to expand like at least the listenership. So, and yeah. I think one of the things too, just like you have Health Coach Nation, have Health Coach Academy. If you're health coaches, you're probably going to want to see what we're talking about. It's like as long as you're interested. So the, the title does kind of help when it comes to doing that kind of thing, especially if you're if you're niched appropriately. Right. So make so, sorry about that. Um. So making sure that number one, the title has buzzwords that your ideal client might be searching on iTunes or on Spotify, things like that. Like, so for me, Health Coach Nation, you, Health Coach Academy, and also making sure your guests are gonna um, promote the show and maybe you have a podcast form that they fill out and maybe there's a part where they check off, yeah, yeah, I'll share it with my 
email list or my Instagram or whatever, and you can help them to share it with others by providing them with some photos or a clip from the show or the link when it goes live, like setting up a practice of sending it to them and sending some helpful resources for them to share it. Um, the third thing you mentioned was reviews. Getting reviews will help you rank higher or come up more organically in the search on different podcast apps. So one of the things that I had to learn the hard way when it comes to getting reviews is that number one, you really have to teach people how to leave a written review on iTunes or on whatever platform they're listening to. It's really, uh, people don't naturally get it. So I had to, um, I did a contest, you know, and I said, if you leave a review, you will get my free blank. And it was a free gift from my coaching program that I knew my audience would probably want. And all they had to do was send a screenshot of the review they left and they would get the free gift. And that really helped drive up the reviews. I also had to give them the instructions to make it easy for them. Um, and then the other thing to think about that you said is when you are picking guests, you have a little bit of a criteria that you guys share the same niche or you know that, that they are, um, someone who you want to be associated with in, in your niche and industry. So I love those tips. And the other thing I want to ask you about when it comes to, you know, just improving your podcast results is how do you go about um, sharing? Oh, oh, sorry. One other note. Everybody can increase their podcast uh, viewership or also their search engine optimization by having show notes that go with the podcast on their website or something like that, where you um, share the host, the, the guest's name, and you have a little blog that goes with the podcast. And that's another way to kind of organically get yourself out there in Google, um, that kind of thing. So, and then the last practice, just one more thing that I did uh, last year was I made a goal to kind of be on a podcast per week. And um, that was really, for a while I did that. And that was really helpful because even though in the moment that it goes live, you're not gonna see a huge change. I've had people who have heard me on a podcast a year ago and come to me and say, hey, you know, I really liked that and now I'm ready for marketing support or now I'm ready for a business coach or whatever. So that's been really useful. And I think it's important to remember that podcasting is a long-term strategy where over time, it accumulates viewers, it accumulates trust, it accumulates you being found by your ideal client and them coming to you. But it's not something that immediately you're going to be like, oh my God, I posted one podcast and all these people checked right. me. So how do you stay patient, Omar, with that? And um, what, if, what are some ways that you talk about your podcast or, or get it out there on social media? Yeah, no, I think that it is it's a long game like you said it's something that again you have to be passionate about this you know you have to be you want to do it you definitely have to see that it's a, it's a part of a, a bigger strategy and especially when you're doing this kind of thing so it can get frustrating because you said it's not very very immediate by any stretch of the imagination but i could say definitely to the point that you were mentioning earlier i mean how many youtube videos do you stumble upon that are four or five years old and then all of a sudden you start watching what this person is doing, but you just, you just happen to find them this weekend. You know, it's one of those things that podcast has the same kind of thing because some of the things that 
are maybe relevant for you at that point wasn't relevant or you just were didn't stumble upon it at the time. So you definitely get a, a residual uh, um, following just by putting it out there and having content available online. So it's not something that uh, by any stretch of the imagination is uh, one and done and we need to have a bunch of results at that time. It's, it's that part. And, and just knowing that is just a lot easier to do that. You have to, you do have to have some enjoyment about this. And you were just talking about like the social media thing. I don't enjoy the social media thing whatsoever. I love this. This is something I love having conversations with great people like yourself and really just getting into a conversation. So it's a lot easier for me to do it. And it's, it's, I know it, this is about podcasting, but this is something that you should pick any medium that you feel comfortable or enjoy it a little bit because it is definitely something that you have to, you can't do this and begrudgingly <laughs> kick yourself around because you don't want to do it. And it's one of those bad strategies because it takes time. It's not something like, again, a, a quick post on Instagram and they take three minutes of your time. There's, there's a lot that goes into podcasting. And I'm sorry, I missed the second part of your question. No, that's okay. I, I think um, what you just pointed out is a really good point where you're, you're focusing on what are your strengths and what do you enjoy and picking that as your platform to, to really go all in on. And one of the, the, the second half of my question was how do you promote your podcast once it's out? Um, like, do you post about it on social media? Do you, um, you know, what are some of the things you do? Yeah, like I mentioned, that I'm pretty bad at the social media thing, honestly. Um, I have a lot of subscribers and stuff like that, and, and I guess definitely send my newsletter and um, so the people who subscribe to my mailing list, so that's the majority. I know this is a bad thing, and I need to – actually, that's in this, in this next quarter, I'm actually getting that social media thing down and actually hiring someone to do it because I'm just – I cannot stand it. <laughs> I'll be so I, I know my downloads will be, be better. So I'm just, that's one of the things that I'm focused on this quarter. It's all an evolution. So I, I definitely am moving in that direction next quarter. But again, like you mentioned, social media is fantastic for that. If you do that, you definitely put it out on your mailing list. And you just um, really, once you have the guests on, do their best to, to help promote and get it out there. But I think for the most part, like you said, getting the ratings and the reviews and making sure your show notes are, are good and it, and some people actually put the transcription on there. It makes the Google rankings go up. I think all those are little things that you can just do in the process of podcasting that'll get you found. And again, like just just a nice title, something that's relatable to what you the, the market that you're trying to get in front of, making it easy. Like my I mentioned earlier, I have two podcasts. The other one's called This Podcast Burns Fat. It's a weight loss podcast. You look at weight loss, you're gonna find it. It's like stuff <laughs> you know so and, and then um yeah just just in consistency as, as long as it's, and i think everybody does it naturally once you stumble upon Haley Row and you see the amount of podcasts you have they automatically give you respect because wow you have staying power you have you know all these episodes where you you, you could sometimes pick a cool town they got four episodes and he's like do i really want to commit to that podcast when they only have four episodes um, that's actually one of the things that I try to mention real quick about um, when you start. If you launch, don't just launch with one episode. Have like 10 in the queue so that if you're doing a weekly show, do, say, or 12 in the queue for, for the mathematical purposes, you have three months worth of content and then just release it every week 
and then it puts a lot less pressure on you to just search for a guest. If that's your format of your show and you're having guests and stuff like that. So it makes you feel a little bit better. And again, like it, it grows your actual content where someone stumbles upon it and say, oh, I this person's building. I can definitely get with that. It's almost like any show. You wouldn't necessarily watch a show if you only know that it's going to last a season. <laughs> you know, like people are in the mindset where they want to, they want to grow with you. They want to learn more. They don't want you to just get up and leave and get canceled like a Netflix show. <laughs> it's just like, what happened? <laughs> you know? Yes. I love that. I, I, that's such a good do's and don'ts kind of summary because I, I was guilty at the beginning of doing one episode at a time. And I would be like, oh, shoot, I have to edit this by next week. And, you know, and that led to a lot of inconsistency in the first year of my podcast and i'm glad i still started it um but it was you know it was a slow start and start imperfectly i would give to our i would give that advice to our audience too because sometimes people will say they want to have a podcast and they've been sitting on you know 30 episodes for two years and they're afraid to launch it so i, I would say do it but at the same time like omar said have a little bit of wiggle room yeah, it takes the pressure off because, like you said, if you don't want it to make it seem like oh, I'm frantically just running out and trying to get any guests that you can find. Right. And then, you know, that's that, that's the problem in itself as well. Right. And I think one thing I want to share with the audience about some do's and don'ts, and maybe you can you have things to add to this, is first, as far as a do, get yourself out of editing your podcast and like out of the process of launching it and putting it up and doing the show notes and stuff as soon as humanly possible. If you can outsource that and you can just focus on, you know, connecting with the guests, doing the interviews, you are going to love the podcasting process so much more. And that was really hard process for me to build. And I admit it's not perfect, but getting it off my plate was so huge. And um, we do a transcribe for the, the show notes now, usually. Uh, so that makes the show notes a lot easier. And then, you know, we have a process for getting the bio and the photo from the guest and a, a process for, um, you know, where to post it when it goes live and all that stuff. So I, I think that's one of my biggest advice. That would be my biggest advice to people doing this is you're going to drive yourself crazy if you're the editor, the host, the planner, the all the things. You are so right, because that's something that I I had to get rid of. I mean, I was at one point, I was like a year and a half behind in my show now. <laughs> so because you don't want, you know, it's like this is the lion's share of like what you should be doing. Like you said, this is what you like to do. This is you know your area of genius. And this is what you want to do. All that other stuff. Again, not interested, like recapping it, doing it. And again, like they have people who know how to do it, do it great the graphics, all that kind of stuff that go along with uh, the show notes for itself, or even like getting, uh, if you have someone who actually gets guests for you, all that stuff, it makes it easier. You just show up, do your, do your thing, and it's it's done. Editing was a pain in the neck. I didn't want to do that at all. And, it's, and, it's, and, and I know these sound like costs, but once you start looking into how much it actually costs, it's really not a big expense, especially what it does for your podcast itself and just having the opportunity to have a really look professional product it, it it's it's definitely that was great advice 
Thank you. Yes. And one of the things that I try to teach in my zero to hero coach inner circle is we give a template um, for, you know, how to pitch yourself to podcasts. And we have a PR expert talk about how to get on podcasts and, um, you know, things to make it a little easier to get media exposure. And one of the things that I like to um, always do is try to just make the system or the templates or whatever easier for clients. And the um, the last thing I want to point out before we end today's episode is Omar. Is there any other do? Uh, oh, well, thanks. First, I think one of the biggest takeaways you've shared today is that having a podcast can kind of teach you the character building skill and entrepreneurial skill you need of having patience, continuing to be consistent even if you don't see immediate results, and being able to trust that it will pay off over time. Because like I said, I've had people listen to my podcast two years ago and they, they finally you know sign up as a client or whatever. So that's one of the hugest takeaways. Is there any other big do's or don'ts you would tell our listeners before we end today's episode? Um, you know what? I would like to spin back as far as like a do or don't, just like the mindset part of it, kind of be bringing up the Joe Rogan idea because I had that conversation with my mentor. I'm like, I want to be like Joe. I want to talk about anything. You know, and he was like, everyone thinks Joe Rogan just um, or Oprah that they just see them here. They don't remember Joe Rogan was doing Fear Factor and he was a comedian and then he was an analyst on um, MMA. And he has this body of work where he probably took 20,000 followers from each of those different things. And now he has, say, say just a million people right here. We, we're not there yet. We could get there. It's something that, yeah, you have to master a, a something first. And it, it, it might be, you know, uh, weight loss, it might be this, that. And then it doesn't mean that you're pigeon cooped into something for the rest of your life. You actually start expanding and people, as they get to know you, they want your opinion on other things and it kind of just naturally just grows. And then you know what, you could have a bigger audience and a bigger kind of diverse array of topics that you can discuss on a, a, a something that might be a couple of years down the road. But it is something where I guess, uh, don't get discouraged by the fact that you're thinking if you pick something now, that's the only thing you're going to be talking about for the rest of your life. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Even to the point of guest podcasts, I've been on podcasts that have nothing to do with health, nothing to do with wellness, and they they just want to discuss the topic of the day, and and that's something that because you are well or known in a, in a specific area. They, they, they want to hear what your opinion on something else is. It's just a natural, I think, human way of interacting. So I think if that was a, 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 a do or don't, don't get discouraged by the idea that pitching down is such a bad idea, especially when you're starting out, because it doesn't, it's not the end all be all to the rest of your life. <laughs> right. Yes, I totally agree with you there. And thank you so much for sharing all of this awesome insights. And for our listeners, since we did talk about reviews today, if you do like the Health Coach Nation podcast and you want to give Omar on Health Coach Academy, um, if you want to send us both a little written review, we would very much appreciate it. And Omar, tell everybody where they can connect with you. Yeah, my easiest way to get connected is omarcumberbatch.com. And then you can get to listen to the Health Coach Academy podcast there. You also can listen to this podcast, Birds Fat, which I host with Dr. Lori Shemek. It's 
obviously a weight loss show. We touch about all kinds of the, the, the diet fads. We we call ourselves, um, well, at least my me more specifically, we're like uh, diet agnostic. We don't necessarily believe in <laughs> one thing exclusively. We have all types of guests from carnivores uh, mm-hmm. to plant-based diet guests. <laughs> if it works for you, take it and run with it. We're, we're very much just want to put information to get you a little healthier in, in that world out there. Um, but yeah, omarcarmesh.com is where I can be found and connect to me on all the social media handles to that and listen you know, to any of the podcasts that I have. I love that. Yes. And I love that your podcast covers it all and they can take what's useful, discard what's not, and you know make their own choices. And um, I think that's important in the world of information overload and um so thank you so much for coming on the show and we'll talk soon my pleasure thanks for having me have a great day you too Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you liked it and want to reserve your very own free sales audit, go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to book your very own free sales audit. On the call, we'll talk more about the common concerns you get from your ideal clients, how to overcome those concerns, how to coach through objections, how to change your mindset around sales and improve your sales process so you can be close and converting more clients. I can't wait to connect with you and go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to take the first step. Thanks so much. Have a good day.